0: Next weekend is a holiday weekend. Already know of some that are going to be out of town. And so with that being said, if you're not going to be out of town, please come to church. We'd love to have you here. Amen. Worshiping the Lord on Memorial Day weekend. Amen. Amen. This month is just about over. In reality, another one will be starting. We've already plunged almost half into the year of 2018. Once again, you're casting your eyes over your shoulders and asking how in the world has this happened and taken place. Life doesn't wait on any of us. It speeds on ahead. And so it's important what we do each day. Amen. Because that day will be gone before you know it. First Samuel chapter 22 and verse number 20. I tell you right now, I'm going to attempt to preach. All right? I'm just going to attempt to preach this morning. And... Uh, I'm just going to attempt to do that. I'm going to put my best foot forward. Have it decide if it's my left or my right. It might be both of them at the same time. But just going to attempt it. First Samuel, twenty-two and verse number twenty. The Bible says, and "One of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David." And Abiathar shewed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priest. David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Doeg the Edomite was there, that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Abide thou with me. This is David speaking to Abiathar, who was the only one of those priests that escaped. He said, Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life, seeketh thy life. But with me, thou shalt be in safe guard. So we have a company of priests that have been slaughtered. Eighty-five. 85 priests that the Bible says in this same chapter to distinguish them, that kind of puts them in that priesthood or identifier for them, men who wore the linen ephod. Priest. Abiathar is the only one of this company of priests that escaped. He's the only one with a linen ephod left on that escaped and went to David. And David just wants him to know if you'll stay with me. If you'll stay with me. Because the enemy that seeks me is seeking you. That man was more than a priest. But by having the linen ephod on, it distinguished him as a man. that operated in the role of going in the holy place. With incense and with blood. He was a praiser. He was a praiser. Yes. David says, abiafar far, the only one that's left. Of the priest of praise. If you'll stay with me. The enemy that seeks you. Is also seeking me. But we'll be in safeguard if we stay together. Amen. I have the slightest idea what to call this. Sister McGee you can name this. Amen. Take your your authority and liberty. To do so today. But I want to minister the word of the Lord. Along those lines this morning. Father I come to you. God, I'm grateful, Lord, for your spirit. I'm grateful, Lord, for this day that you have made. It's a God-made day. And I'm grateful today for it. I don't want Lord Jesus to forsake, Lord, my post. God, to be in a minister, Lord, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm asking, oh, Lord, for your help today in this place. God, I can't do this alone. I can't do this by myself. But, God, I know I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Help me, Lord, to herald, Lord, a sound, an alarm, Lord, clear, Lord Jesus, with definition today. And I will not fail to thank you and praise you and glorify your holy name for you are great and greatly to be praised in the lovely name of Jesus Christ I pray amen and amen and the church say amen amen Amen. you may be seated this morning in the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ I believe it is without even saying this morning that most probably know that whenever we speak concerning the character of David or the person David, that we have enough glimpses and enough information throughout God's word that we can say confidently this morning that David was a warrior, He was a warrior. We see throughout God's word that it would be even when no one was around tending the sheep of his father that he would take even a lion and a bear with his own hands. He would use those things even as credentials as he stood before Saul speaking about the Goliath that was defying the very armies of God and God himself. He would use those as credentials, his warrior-like personality and persona to tell Saul that I'll even in the name of the Lord go in and take care of this uncircumcised Philistine. We see him own true to his word. He goes into the valley of Elah while everybody else is cowering down. Everybody else is hiding from the champion of the Philistines as they're running away. David is running toward. He was a warrior. Just with a simple little shepherd's bag, five smooth stones and a sling. He takes one out and he whirls that around his head and that stone finds its place within the forehead of Goliath and he takes down the champion Of the Philistines. He cuts off his head with Goliath's own sword. David is a warrior. Amen. Throughout scripture. Even Saul recognizes the warrior like ability of David. And sees what he does on the battlefield. And he makes David in a position in his kingdom. That he would send David out to do exploits of warfare. And David was very, very trustworthy. in going out and coming in. And being victorious time and time again. Insomuch much that the ladies of the kingdom of Saul began to sing their praise. How Saul had killed his thousands, but David had killed his ten thousands. David was a warrior. Amen. He was a warrior in so much so that whenever Saul even sent David in order to get one of his daughter's hand in marriage, he said, I want you to go forth and get 104 skins of the Philistines. David just taken it just a little step further just a little bit above, proving and identifying against his warrior capability, goes and the Bible says he secures 200 foreskins of the Philistines and brings them back to Saul because David is a warrior. Amen. Even so much that whenever it was in his heart and he desired to build a house for the Ark of the Covenant, a place for God. But the Bible says that the prophet came to him and said, David, I'm sorry you're not going to be able to do this because you have shed too much blood. You know what he's saying? You're just too warrior-like. You're, you're just too much of a fighter. You're just too much of one that gets out there on the field and wields whatever instrument of warfare you have in your hand and you're victorious, so you can't do it. So David undoubtedly was a warrior. Can someone say amen? But not only was David a warrior, David was a praiser. He was a man that knew how to fight, but he was a man that also knew how to praise. He is a man that at that same pasture that he was watching over his father's sheep, at that same place where he was a warrior, we see oftentimes also, he's out there with his harp and he's plucking the strings and he's writing psalms and songs unto the Lord because David was a praiser. Even so much so that one of the grand things that caught Saul's attention was that aspect of David that was brought to him by one of his servants. That whenever the spirit of the Lord had left Saul, and there would be times that he would feel disgruntled in his spirit and the evil spirit from the Lord had come. He would feel uncertain. He needed something to be able to pacify that evil, that that unsettledness in his spirit. And when he heard of this other trait of David of being a praiser, a psalmster, somebody that could play music and, and give adoration to the Lord. He says, secure that man to come to my court. And it would be then each time that Saul would feel that evil spirit, that disgruntled unsettledness come upon him. He would have David play. Amen. At times he sent him out as a warrior, but other times he had him stay home and play the harp. Amen. As a praiser. Because of the impact that it would have upon his kingdom. And can I say every kingdom needs both warriors and praisers. And sometimes and many times. And they maybe ought to even be found in the same people. Those that can be warriors can also be praisers in the court of their king. And that was David. That was David. But as time would go on and things would alter and change. David is found in this particular chapter that we read this morning. He is found as a fugitive for his own life. He is running. He is running for his life. The warrior that stood against everyone. It seems like now all of the kingdom is standing against him. Even his king is standing against him. And so he is fleeing for his life. And what does David do? I think this is important this morning. That whenever David felt like he was—he the odds were against him. And he was fleeing for his life. The place that David ran to was the house of the Lord. He ran to the house of the Lord and there is a priest there by the name of Ahimelech. You can read this in the previous chapter. And he basically is telling Ahimelech, I'm on a journey. I am going somewhere. And there are some things that I need. Now, Ahimelech, mind you, is one of those priests that wears the linen ephod. Ahimelech is very much so of the same kindred of Abiathar. He's of the same kindred as i spoke in introductory words this morning. Of the 85 priests who were slain. He's the one that has on the linen ephod. And so David is is going to consult the man that is known for going into the holy place with the incense and with praise and adoration and exaltation to God. If I could boil it down to this this morning, David is consulting praise. David is consulting praise. Even so much so, the Bible says, whenever David first fled, now this is the word of the Lord to David. When David first fled, he went to the cave of Adullam. And while he's there, his family comes, and everybody that's distressed and in debt and despondent comes and gather to him. And and David's worrying about his mom and dad, and so he takes them over to Moab because they are descendants, in reality, of Ruth, who was a Moabitess, and he's going to find some place of safety for them. But while he's there, he decided to remain there until the prophet Gad came to him and said David don't remain in the hold right here in Moab don't remain here remember what happened to Naomi remember what happened to some of your family don't remain in Moab this is the words of Gad you can read it in the scripture this morning he said David you need to get to the land of Judah he says don't you remain in the hold don't you remain in a cave I know it feels like all odds are against you and you're running for your life but this is not the time to hide in a this is not a time to hide in a hole you need to get to the land of Judah and so David goes to the house of God and he begins to have a consultation with praise and say praise I'm in need of some things right here Someone say amen. Says, I'm in some need of some things right here. They have an, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they have a little conversation and and praise gives David some things and he offers David some things and and while that's going on, there's another man in the temple that day by the name of Doeg. He is an Edomite and he's viewing in the distance what's taking place between the warrior and the praise. He's seeing what's going on between the two. He's, he's just taking notes, making middle notes because he's serving Saul. He's just at the house of God because he's been detained to be there that day. He's not there because he wants to be there. He's there because he's been detained there. Right. Oh, yeah. And he's sitting over here and he's taking notes. Amen, yeah, he gave him this and he gave him that. Just kind of holding that close to his heart for just the right opportunity because Saul hears. That there has been some favor found in the eyes of one of those linen ephod wearers. I'm, I'm laying out the story so we can get to our point. I hope you all appreciate me doing this. But at least he sees one. Of these, he sees that that there's something happen with one of these linen ephod wearers because he's been seeking after David. David had made, made friendship with Jonathan. Nobody had even breathed word to the king concerning that. Nobody's wanting to talk about what David's getting away with, so to speak, and where he is because the king is seeking his life. And so whenever he speaks all of this, that nobody's even going to say anything or tell me anything. Old Doeg, that had taken some previous notes earlier while he was detained, at the house of God, steps forward, says, I got something to say. He says, I spied. I spied. I happened to see when I was detained mm-hmm, in the house of God that praise, if I'd say it like this, a Ahimelech, that ephod wearer, was given the warrior some things to help him on his journey, to help him along his way whenever Saul heard that Ahimelech had done this, that this man who wore the garment, if you will of praise or the ephod of praise he said we're going to go there and they went there and they actually summoned the 85 priests to them and they came and as they came here is Saul, he's looking to some other men, he says fall upon them and kill them they wouldn't do it, they wouldn't raise a sword against them, they wouldn't take them out but then he looked at Doeg the one that had been detained at the House of God, he said, Doeg, you fall upon them. And the Bible says, Doeg fell upon them. He killed every last single one of those men that were in Lenin Ephod. He, he was trying to eliminate, if you will, the praise. He was trying to eliminate the praise, do away with the praise because see, praise had given something to David trying to take care of all this. And he's slaughtering him. The Bible says, Man, he must, you know, whenever you get the taste, they say that a dog that kills a chicken that once he gets the taste of blood on him he'll take over the hen house he will never stop at one but he'll continue when he gets the taste of blood. See, after Doeg got a little bit of blood of annihilating praise, he wasn't satisfied with that. The Bible says he went to Nob. It was the city of the priests, And he began to take every man and woman and boy and girl, all the livestock, because he got a little taste in his mouth of doing away with that. And so he just continued on the journey. But I hate to tell him today, he got all of them except one. Yeah, on uh, Abiathar. And so things come into a clear picture. Then as Abiathar comes to where David is, the only man left wearing the linen ephod the only man left signifying the praisers of the temple, he comes to David, and David looks at him, and he says, praise, he says, "Linen ephod, where? You're gonna have to abide with me, because the same adversary that seeks your life, seeks my life, the same one that wants to do with praise, wants to do away with the warrior, but I have a feeling if we can stay together, we're gonna be safeguarded. If praise can stay with the warrior, and the warrior can stay with praise, it's gonna bring preservation to them both. Someone say amen. I'm trying to tell somebody in this building this morning, I don't know what your circumstance may be. I don't know what type of road you may be walking down. I don't know what type of odds may be against you. I don't know how overwhelmed you may feel. I don't know if you feel like you're touching up, lifting up just to touch bottom, but I'm here to tell you today on the authority of God's word if praise and the warrior inside of you can abide together and stay together I believe both are going to be safeguarded and everything's going to be alright yes, sir. Yes, sir. someone say yes, yes. how so huh? someone say amen, amen. how so I tell you how so because and this was the conviction that they wanted to bring on Ahimelech this is the conviction they wanted to bring upon those priests appraisers the conviction was this ha. <laughs> That, when David went there, they gave him, number one, bread, the show bread, from the altar. So they gave him provision. Number two, they gave him the sword of Goliath. David said there's none like it. So they gave the warrior a weapon to war with. And lastly, the conviction that they were laying upon him is that Ahimelech, you inquired of the Lord for David. And when you inquire of the Lord, you're seeking guidance and direction. Yes. So the conviction on praise was this. Praise you gave the warrior provision. Praise you gave the warrior weapon. Praise you gave the warrior guidance. Yes. Oh. not quite excited as I am excited about this. I'm here to tell you today, if you can keep the warrior inside of you coupled with the praise in your life, he will bring provision to your life. He will give guidance to your life. And he will give you a weapon to war with in your life. That's the reason why David said, you gotta abide with me. You gotta abide with me. You know what David was doing that morning, that moment? He was employing praise, but you don't employ praise without praise working for you. You don't employ praise without praise giving you provision. You don't go to praise without praise. Praise giving you a weapon. You don't go to praise without praise giving you God. (laughs) Yeah. Someone say Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Cause see, here's the mindset. He said, they that seek your life, Abiathar, yes, sir. seek my life. Because if they can eliminate the linen ephod wearer, then they've cut off provision for me. Right. Right. If, they, if they can eliminate the ephod wearer, yes, then I'm a warrior without a weapon. Yes, sir. That's where it came from. I'm a warrior without a weapon. If they can cut you off, then I'm out here aimlessly just going. But when I got you a part of my life, I got direction. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Someone say there's power in praise. There's provision. In praise. There's weapons in praise. There's direction. I tell you right now, I've never seen anybody enter in church with a frown and start wor- worshiping and praising and leave with a frown. I've never seen walk- anybody walk in church sick and start praising and leave as though they were sick. I never, I'm never. i telling you the truth. I have never seen it, but I've seen quite the contrary. I've seen people come in and start to praise and all of a sudden during a praise session with the Lord provision starts falling weapons start falling. Those that went down hunched over under the heat of their adversary went back out with their shoulders square back ready to go to war again having a second win, amen to run the race again, having renewed direction, having renewed vision being able to go again because they abode together yes. someone say amen, amen. Boy, yeah. Boy, yeah. they that seek your life seek my life Everyone say amen. amen. On an icy day in December, the Nazis sent hundreds of Jews to shower. Before they could even dry off or clothe themselves, the German officers called them all outside for roll call. From shower, outside in Germany. Hundreds of Jews stood there naked. This is a true story. And went in sub-zero temperatures as their captors leisurely and methodically called row, One by one, their bodies turned to stone as winter winds and falling snow turned the water on their bodies into ice. Among the scores of the victims was a young boy who stood there battling the cold himself. As the hours passed, he felt his feet literally freeze to the ground. He watched those around him freeze into human statues and fall over dead surrounded by the horror of it all he resigned himself also to death and that he soon would be taken by death himself I don't know what was going through the man's mind I don't know if the future and the things that would never happen went through his mind or if he was thinking about the past Maybe of the wife, he would never have the children, he would never have, amen, finding the future somewhat unbearable, yesterday's memories being so distant, but of all the thoughts that that young man might have had, the thought of his beloved rabbi meant the most to him in this moment, just as he was slipping off into a drowsy, pre-death dreams of yesterday, and a thought That pierced a man him was maybe what would not come of tomorrow. He heard as he stood there freezing almost as others already had before him with his feet fixed to the ground. He heard his rabbi's voice and his rabbi's voice came into his ear his mind's memory and said we are a people who dance before the Lord. His feet are still frozen to the ice. But he heard the words again of his rabbi. We are a people who dance before the Lord. And all of a sudden, he said a little warmth shot through his body. And he willed himself to speak forcefully. The words that he was hearing in his mind over his blue lips. We are a people who dance before the Lord. Blood began to rush through his veins. And he said, a must sing. A Hasid mas- dance. It is the secret to our survival and those rabbis words he heard in his mind shook him and he began to stir and he began to get his strength amen it put a will in him to live and he did everything he could in that moment though his feet were froze to the ground he lifted his feet from the ground tearing the soles of his feet amen off of his very feet and he began to dance while everybody else around him was dying he began to Dance danced before the Lord in the pool of his own blood because he believed there was something about a dance. There was something about a praise that could somehow safeguard the warrior that was in him. Can I tell you today, praise may be your provision and praise may be your weapon and praise may be your guidance, but there are sometimes praise becomes your very life. The Bible says the dead praise not the Lord. I don't know what was going through that man's mind. But if I praise then, then I'm still living. You need to take everything that the devil tells you that you're not gonna make it through it. You're not gonna come out on the other side of it. And you need to start praising and say, devil, the pray, the dead, praise not the Lord. And so if I'm still praising, it's not overtaking me. I'm not dead. I'm not going under. I'm going up. Come on today. Praise needs to abide with the warrior. And the warrior needs to abide with praise. Yes. That's right. Uh-huh. In essence, in that simple little story, the only mercy, and he survived the Holocaust. We have a story today as a result of it. The only reason that man survived was because praise abode with him. Hmm? Can't make it. The Bible speaks of it being a garment of praise for spirit of heavenness. I know Abiathar was a person, but let's get just a little deeper. It was a person though that represented the linen he fought in praise. You know what David was saying? He's saying that garment, it's got to abide with me. Sister Roxanne, we see to play it out. Because Whenever they bring the Ark of the Covenant back in 2 Samuel 6. And they're going into Jerusalem. What's David now do as king? Throws off his kingly garments. What's left? A linen ephod. There's something in that moment of his life that forever stayed with him. That this has got to abide with me. When I was a fugitive, I received too much from it. Uh I garnered too much from it. I realized my life is better with it than without it. As a matter of fact, I proclaim maybe I'm only here today because I stayed with it. Someone say amen. The Bible says in Psalms 149 and verse 3, speaking about this dance thing, let them praise his name in the dance is what the Bible says. Oh, yeah. Whenever someone shuffles and does this and that and their feet go this way and that way, honey, they are not, they are not trying to mimic some dance of the world. They're praising him. They're praising him in the dance. That's one reason why we believe dance is such a sacred thing. Uh-huh. Such a sacred thing. Because if your dance is not in such a way that it pleases the Lord, honors the Lord. It's such a sacred thing because we praise in the dance. His name, in the dance. Someone say amen. Amen. The Bible speaks about praise is even comely. Amen. It speaks to us that, listen, that we boast in God. How? When we praise his name. Yes. Yes. I got all these scripture references. I ain't going to have you put them up there, but if you need them, you come to me after church. That was Psalms 44 and verse 8, by the way. Praise. just someone standing with me here today? I'm not talking about literally. He says standing in your spirit, okay? Reading the old Deuteronomy scripture, Deuteronomy 26 and verse 19. You want to throw that up? I'll mention them if you want to do it. Do it. you don't want to, no big deal. Bible says that God made Israel high above all the nations, all right? right, above all nations. He said he hath made, he hath made them in praise, in name, and in honor. Look at it now, and the reason for it was that they might be, Be a holy people. Someone say a holy people. I'm going to go to it just so I have it before my eyes. I just do not. I do not like to misrepresent God's word, so I want it right before my eyes. Sorry. Deuteronomy 26 and verse 19. And to make thee high above all nations, which he hath made in praise, in the name and in honor, that thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord thy God as he hath spoken. Get this watch this now no one probably ever talks about this see praise goes beyond thanking god for what he's done although that is greatly what it is but praise look at it here praise is a part of your holiness In praise, in name, and in honor, that thou mayest be a holy people. See, his name is a part of his holiness. Our holiness. Huh? The honor is a part of holiness. You start talking about holy, everybody thinks about dress code and things like that. No, praise is a part of your holiness. Praise is what separates you. Praise is what separates you. Because as every other individual out there. Gives exaltation and extols their gods. The same that you give to your God then sets you apart. From them. (laughs) Someone say amen. amen. And so since it is connected to our holy God because we praise for something that he has done, right? Thank you, Lord. I praise you, God, for my car. I praise you, God, for my job. I praise you, God, for my health. We realize that's all something that he's been a part of, that it's not our own, and he's done all that. And we say, I praise you, God, for that. I thank you, God, for that. And so since it's connected to a holy God, our practice then of it testifies of us of being a holy people. It is again as it was spoken in Isaiah. It becomes then a garment. Yeah, it does. Someone say amen. amen. <laughs> Woo! It's got to abide with me. See, you don't understand. Honey, you thought you showing up with a, a, a shirt on today and shoes on your feet and clothes on your body. You came in here as a holy people. But you've not classified your holiness yet today until you started praising. Somebody not hearing me quite yet because you think you got every I dot and every T cross concerning this holiness thing. But you've not even begun if you're not a praiser. Everybody wants to always major on this and, you know, we'll just kind of shove this aside. No, no, no. It's the whole bag of chips, honey. you got to have that. But you also got to be a praiser to be classified as a holy People, David says, "I need that. It needs to abide with me, and me with it. We safeguard one of. We safeguard." So, holiness preaching sometimes is preaching about when we don't. Give adoration to God. Holiness preaching sometimes is about when we negate to thank Him just for clothes and health and wealth and a place to sleep and a car to drive and just saying, Thank you, Lord, for another day. Amen. You're practicing holiness when you practice praying. Yes. Someone <laughs> say amen. know how deeply you know how deeply this got in David's spirit man I'm telling you it, he was already he had his harp he did his songs on the pasture but this certain this certain spot period of time session his life took what was already somewhat apparent to him and drove the nail hit countersunk the nail because what is more notable than any other king before David for that matter even after David than any other king you know what it was But David, whenever he was king, instituted in the courts and around about the temple and all the different courses, he instituted praise. Yeah, absolutely. He brought in a wave. He brought in a a part, a segment, a facet of the church in the temple that was not there in its full measure as it was after David. And that was the idea of praise. I'm telling you the truth. Read your Bibles. You can read in the book of Chronicles. What is David doing in his kingship? He is appointing. You hearing me? David appoints singers and musicians in the house of God. Why? I believe he remembered the hour. Woo! That appraiser supplied provision and guidance. And a weapon to him. He says, "I don't want to go on with my kingship without having people to know without a shadow of doubt that they are appointed." Yeah, right. Listen, that's exactly right. The Bible says, and you can read it for yourself in Second and Second Chronicles in verse number six. Second Chronicles verse number six. Throw it up there for me, Sister McGee. I must have lied to you earlier. I'm sorry. I repent right now. Forgive me in Jesus' name. Second Corinthians seven and verse number six, if you will. I'm sorry. I'm there right now anyway. Glory, amen. And the priests waited on their offices. The Levites also, look at this now, with instruments of music of the Lord, which t- David the king had made. What's the king doing there with a big old huge thing of wood and his pocket knife out? What are you doing, David? <laughs> I'm just making an instrument here, a little lute. I'm making a little lute here for one of the priests. David, why in the world are you wasting your You're the king for crying out loud. Why in the world are you wasting your time carving away on that piece of wood? He said, because many years ago, yeah. Come on now. Woo, Come on. Many, I understood that the adversary that was after me was after my praise. I, and he said, so I've appointed men to worship, but now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enable them with instruments. Yeah. I, I, I've appointed them to a deed but I'm also going to supply them with what they need in order to accomplish it. David said this thing is so important. We don't just need people in the office. We need them with the things that they need in order to accomplish the office that they are in. Honey, look down at the end of your arms. Do you got hands? You got 10 fingers. There's your 10 strings for praising the Lord. You got a voice? You got a voice box? Honey, open your mouth. There's your instrument for praising Yes! The Bible says, look, 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 look. Verse 6. Instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord. Because his mercy endureth forever. And look at this. When David praised by their ministry. Look at this. Let's go get you in it. Let's go get all of it. David appointed the praisers. He supplied the instrument for them to play. He gave the command for it to be done. Are you watching it? And so whenever they fulfilled their appointment and used the instrument that David made, look at it. Can you put it back up there? It's 2 Chronicles 7 and verse number 6. I got it up here. Whenever he did all that, the Bible says, verse 6, Bible says when David praised by their ministry. You listen? David commissioned them. David gave them the instrument. But when they play, it says David praised. By their ministry. Because see, they were appointed by David. The instrument they held. Came from David. Can anybody help me today? <laughs> Everybody doing all right? I'm gonna mess things up around here today. Hallelujah! I'm really messing it up, ain't I? I need a, I need a volunteer, Brother Terry. I'll let you be, you're going to be my appointed praiser. I don't care what's wrong with your body. Put it down. You're my appointed praiser. I'm appointed you. You're the praiser. I'd like to make you think that I spent all night developing and designing this. But this is your instrument. I've appointed you to praise. Do it. Go on. Come on. And I said, well, Brother Terry's playing the the instrument. Yeah, but I made that instrument. Brother Terry's playing the instrument. Yeah, but I appointed him there. So as he's doing that, you know who's praising? I am. Listen. No, 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 listen. Because here is the little, here is the little turn. When we stand up here and we say, I want everybody to praise the Lord. And you do it as a result of me asking. You know who just praised the Lord? Pastor did. But when you of your own volition, without having to be appointed, without anybody having you an instrument of your own volition and will, stand up and do something outside of my request, it's not pastor that's praising. It's you as an individual, as a child of God, that's entered into the realm of praise and worship. See, we think when he says to do it and I do it, I'm magnifying God. No, no, no. I'm praising the Lord because you're doing what I appointed you to do. But when you do it all by yourself, you are praising the Lord. And you need that to be a part of you like David said. Someone say yes. Honey, if you'll do that, oh, somebody hear me! if you do that, it ain't pastor getting provision. If you do that, it's not me getting direction. If you do that, it's not me getting a, a warfare instrument. If you do it, you'll be getting the provision. You'll get the direction. You'll get the instrument of war. You gotta abide together. You hear what I'm telling you? What we need is a point in time, Brother Terry, that if we ever ask you to praise the Lord, you do it. But when everybody else has stopped and you're still doing it, that's not because I said it. That's because something got in your own spirit. and You said, I'm going to praise him. Not because somebody asked me to. Not because I'm obligated. But I don't understand the purpose. I feel the Holy Ghost. Has anybody grasped the concept yet today? That the thing that wants to destroy you is the same thing wants to destroy your praise. And it sees its venue of destroying you is by getting a hold of your praise first. Do you see that? Do you understand that? This is not like a two a two different uh, roads that it's going. It's got to take care of your praise before it can take care of you. Because if it gets praised out of the way, it's got provision for you out of the way. It's got direction for you out of the way. It's got your weapon of warfare out of the way. This is a one-line direction. It's trying to get to that so it to get to you. So David says, I'm not letting go of it then. I'm not departing from it then. I'm not letting down on it then. Because we can be safeguarded together. Someone say amen. You can be if you want to. If you don't want to. you want to run. you want to do whatever you don't want to do. What's one of the ways. That holiness of God. It wasn't just in praise. But it was in. In his name. See, There's something very interesting about that. You see even all times throughout the Psalms. David is talking about. Praising. The name of the Lord. A lot of times that. The scripture pairs together praise with his name. Praise with his name. Because in the Old Testament, the names, the name that they had was the Jehovah Jireh, right? And when we start breaking down then all the meanings of this, what is it? God is my provider. Thank you, Jesus. God is my healer, another one named. Thank you. God is the Lord of hosts my warrior God is my banner what's happening whenever you start talking about the name as they knew the names to be in the Old Testament they were thinking about the ways in which God has been what he they needed him to be for them healer deliverer shepherd banner peace and so whenever they spoke the name They were speaking praise because they were talking about Their God and what he had done for them or what he had been to them. And so that's the reason why you see constantly paired together. Praise for his name. Because they couldn't talk about Jehovah Jireh without talking about how God had provided for them. They couldn't talk about God being their healer. How they once was sick but now they were well. They couldn't talk about God, their Lord of hosts without talking about how they went down into a scary situation and armies were all around them. But they came out unscathed. That's what God did for me. That made him a holy people. Huh? And so David said, we declare his name to the brethren. I like this one. It's in Psalms twenty-two, twenty-two. He's 22, 22. He says, we, we declare his name to the brethren and we praise in the congregation. Woo. We declare his name. And then, if I say it like this, we declare his name and then we demonstrate. We declare it abroad, but we demonstrate it among the brothers and the sisters. <sighs> Jehovah, Jireh, God my provider, I declared it abroad, but I'm demonstrating it right here. Uh-huh. The Lord of hosts, I'm declaring it abroad, but I'm demonstrating it right here in the congregation. Ha <laughs> Woo! the Lord my healer I'm screaming it abroad but I'm demonstrating it right here among you all <laughs> it does no good to have a declaration without a demonstration hear me I don't want to be known just by what I say I want to be known by what I do More than a declaration abroad, it needs to be a demonstration within. Someone say, amen. "Amen." Bible says in Psalms forty-eight, ten. Just reiterating, He said, "According to Thy name, O God, so is Thy praise unto the ends of the earth." He said, "According to Thy name." See, there, it is. healer, provider, deliverer, peace, comforter, banner. According to Thy name, so is the praise. So, yes, the praise. Now here, everybody lean in. I don't know how long I'm preaching. Is any of this making sense? Just nod your head if it is. Listen to me. Here's what we got to be careful with. Please get this for me. Psalm 65, verse 1. You'll probably pick up on it as we read it. Psalm 65, verse 1. Everybody say, praise. Waiteth. For thee, O God. In Zion. Zion also sometimes spelled with an S, Zion. Regardless, it always typifies and foreshadows of the church. Are you all seeing what I see? You don't have to wait on God to praise but you can cause praise to go forward that's waiting on God to arrive. This is not about Brother Pat. Well, I just don't feel like praising God. No, praise can wait for God. <laughs> Before I ever feel that sweeping wind. Yeah. Yeah. Glory! Hallelujah! What is that crack up there doing? He's causing his praise to wait on God. When he gets here, I'm already going to be at Whenever he shows up, I'm already going to be ten steps into it. Somebody hearing me? Why do we enter then his dates with Thanksgiving into his courts? Why? Because I want my praise to be waiting on God. Uh, Brother Pat, he has it upright sometimes. He just comes down the middle aisle, just whatever time of church area. But, honey, he, he, I don't know if it's going on or not, but I'm going to make my praise wait on God. I don't want God to have to wait on my praise. I don't want have the God to be twiddling his fingers over me. I want my praise to already be active, already be out front, already be engaged. And God can just walk in the fullness of his glory and the praise of his name. We abide. We'll safeguard him. Go drive it, go drive it. Got a ten penny nail. I'm gonna sink it in the wood. Psalms 146 and verse two. Everybody doing all right? You got it for me, sis. Psalms 146 and verse two. While I live, it's a pretty broad brush right there. While I live, I will praise the Lord. Say, Brother McGee, I can't dance. Praise is not just dance. It is that, but it's not just that. It can be your voice. It could be a waving of your hand. It takes on many different facets, praise does. It's It's not isolated totally to dance, but it also doesn't exempt dancing. So you say, for elders listening, you say, Well, Brother McGee, I'm just a little older now, and I just can't dance like I used to. That's all right, but that doesn't exempt you from praising. Because while you live? He says, "I will praise the Lord." Notice, notice the next phrase. This is very important. I will sing. It's singing is a, a means of praise, huh? We even try and make it as convenient as possible. We throw, we throw a font size up there, even a blind man could see. I could see it with my contacts out, and I'm legally blind. He says, "I will sing praises, look unto unto my God, while I have any." Being. Someone say, uh huh. <laughs> That's the reason why, Mom, just yesterday, come up on my thing three years ago yesterday. I was planning for grandma's funeral. Came up on my, my memories. I was planning for grandma's funeral. That's how. Whenever she was departing from this life and my death, huh? and at different times, she'd start speaking in tongues. Why? Because if she had any being she might have had one foot on Halle and the other one on Luya in glory but while she had any being (laughs) she couldn't get up from that bed and run she couldn't sing maybe a song at that time very well she couldn't roll those arms but that tongue in her mouth would go flapping and you know what that was praise praise while she yet lived I will praise the Lord with any being that I have lived honey you might not you might have a brother Terry and this is no disregard to you but you might have a dysfunctional leg right now in certain things but if you got a finger you got anything that you can render to God any part of your being that's there surrender it and God will bring provision and direction and a weapon honey I don't sister sister Sharon your heart's been fluttering been a little dizzy but I've seen you during this service this morning as you sat there you clap those hands and you say thank you Jesus glory God you know what she's saying I don't have all my faculties but I do have some of them and I'm going to surrender them to God me and praise got to stay together we got to While you yet live, praise Him. While there's any part of your being left, praise. There was a sweet saint. There was a sweet saint in a friend of mine's church down south suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's. Anybody that knows the cruelty of that disease understand how it takes over the mind. They forget all times where they are. How to get back somewhere, forget their own children's names. Very horrid disease. Said so this brother was in the hospital, suffering greatly. I'm all right, but thank you. Suffering from dementia, Alzheimer's. He was nigh that hour of the closure of his day, so to speak. Pastor went in there, had some of the family there with him, too. Said, so, Brother, so and so, you know where you're at? No. I don't know where. Struggling to live. You know this person? This is his son. I don't know who that is. Do you know me? No. i not tell you who you are. Doctor standing there too. He said, "Well, is there anything you do know?" He said. Then Peter said unto them, "Repent." And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and he looked at that doctor and said and that means you too he couldn't remember his name where he was, what his children was but praise a long time ago had embedded something in that mind and heart that could not be taken away he remembered the word he remembered the name he remembered the Lord And so while I live, I will praise. You might lose a lot of things in this life, but if you tether praise to you, it will not leave you. I'm closing. I'm closing. I really am. I think I will. I'll try to. Stand with me. Is there anything you do know? tell you how that comes forward. That comes forward by practicing when there's still something capable in you of doing. So much so that when you can't do anything else involuntary, it comes out. Water gets on the outside of the cup and overflows because you've been continuously putting water in the cup. Bithar, stay with me. He that's after your life is after mine. He that seeks you is really seeking me. If he can cut you off, believes he can cut me off. He can, if he can disannoy you, he can do some. But there's one of you left. There's one of you left, Abide, Abide right here. We're going to stay together. We're going to make praise in the temple. I'm going to praise when and bring the Ark of the Covenant back. I'm going to be known for praise. I, they knew me as a warrior, but just as much as I, war, I was a warrior, they're going to know me as a praiser too. Now listen to me. I'll close with this. Sister Mickey, please guess. Isaiah 60 and verse 18. Isaiah 60 and verse 18. Look at, Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Isaiah 60 verse 18. And she's just been walking with me this morning. I didn't give her anything ahead of time. All right. 60. 18. Let me enunciate. I'm sorry. There we go. Isaiah says, violence shall no more be heard in thy land. Wasting nor destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates. Bishop, you know what I'm about ready to say is true. I just know this from years of study, but you know what I'm about ready to say is true. If an enemy ever wanted to overtake a city, the prime thing that they would endeavor to do is get control of the gates of the city. Because if they got a hold of the gates of the city, Sister Sharon, no matter how fortified or walled they were, if they had a hold of the gates, they controlled whatever went in and whatever came out. Many times, even in the Bible, the Bible speaks of them burning the gates of the city. Why? Because if they had control of the gates, they had control of the city. But you know what Isaiah says? You're not going to suffer anymore in your land. He said, because your gates, your gates are praise. Hello, provision. Hello, weapons! hello direction I wonder if there's anybody in the first apostolic church today that would like to change if you will the demeanor and the characterization of the gates of the first apostolic church here at 1121 Cedar Street if you've been accosted if you've been taken advantage of if the enemy of your soul is trying to get the warrior in you by degrading your praise removing your praise telling you it's not all that I wish somebody would reestablish in this house some gates of praise and we're not going to be wasted anymore they're not going to come in our borders anymore because when praise is with the warrior we safeguard one another come on is there anybody in this house this morning that would like to make a way standing kneeling at an altar prayer today and say God I'm telling Abiathar I'm telling that linen garment wearer I'm telling that praiser. I'm telling praise to abide with me. Abide with this warrior. Abide with this child of God. I'm not discarding it. I'm not washing my hands of it. I'm not saying well all well it was taken many of them. There's only one left. No, 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 no. I'm saying come on abide Come on praise. We got to link up arm and arm. Hallelujah. I'm going to testify of his name. While I yet live I'm going to testify of his name. While there any being in me I'm going to testify of his name. I'm going to praise him the dead don't praise the Lord and so if I still have the ability to praise it's not over yet it's not finished yet it's not done yet come on sir come on ma'am will somebody throw their praise out there to be waiting on the Lord will somebody throw their praise my praise shall wait upon thee O Lord my praise shall wait upon thee Come on, somebody. I really don't want to ask you to do anything because I really don't want it to be revered as me praising the Lord. I just want you to do it on your own measure, on your own will, your own volition, so that it will belong to you, that it will be accounted unto you. Yes! Yes! Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter